Welcome to Practically Christian. I'm Janelle, and I'm here with our friend Jake. Hey. And my husband Luke. Hi. We share conversations that help you know Jesus more deeply and follow him more faithfully. The truth is, no one has arrived at Christ likeness. To grow in that direction, we believe you need authentic relationships and biblical theology applied to your everyday life. We hope that you are encouraged to grow and to live out the biblical truths that we're going to discuss on this episode. So let's get practical and dive into a conversation about dating. And how do you find the one? (laughs) (laughs) So since we're talking about dating, I thought I'd share an embarrassing story from Janelle and my dating experience, uh, specifically my awkwardness in dating. So Janelle and I, uh, we became friends our freshman year of college, and then we basically sort of semi-started dating the end of the first semester of our sophomore year of college, and then we both went abroad to different places. So it was a very weird time relationally. I went to Spain for a semester, Janelle went to Oxford for a semester, and so we were emailing each other back and forth through that time and kind of keeping up and again, like sort of semi-dating. And then Janelle actually visited me during my semester in Spain, and we had this really awkward visit. And you probably had this experience where when someone visits you in a world that almost like they don't belong to, and you have these worlds colliding, it just is weird. And it was kind of like that experience. And so I think I interpreted that as, oh my goodness, we're not a good fit after all, because if we were a good fit, this would not have gone so awkwardly um, or something like that. I don't know. I was confused. Um, so the long and short of it is <laughs> I basically sort of semi-broke up with Janelle after that. Like I, And part of it was I had this weird mentality that I thought um, basically if I wasn't sure I was going to marry Janelle, I shouldn't be dating her, <laughs> which is a really interesting mentality to take into a dating relationship. It's basically like making equivalent dating and being engaged. So we'll talk more about that that's not true later. But because of that, I had all this pressure on myself. It's like, oh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I should just break things off. And so I basically wrote this email of like, I'm not sure, Janelle. Things are weird and kind of called off the relationship. And then Janelle, being mature and awesome, wrote me back and was just like, I mean, basically like up front, like, well, I like you, but like, there's no pressure here. Like, I don't want you to pretend to like me if you don't like me or like to, yeah, like if it's not going to work out, okay, like let's move forward with our friendship. And I was so impressed with the maturity of her answer that I kind of started falling for her all over again in a deeper way. And um, if you didn't, you can't see this, but Janelle just rolled her eyes. Yes, <laughs> yes, because she's so in deeply in love with me. That's why she <laughs> rolls her eyes. Swooning, at me swooning over here regularly. Um, so yeah, awkward dating relationships. Uh, I was pretty awkward dating and did a number of things wrong. One of the things I did right is sticking with Janelle. (laughs) Uh, We got back together. I share that story of my awkwardness just to raise a couple of questions that come up about dating. Like, what is the purpose of dating and what should be the factors that go into your deciding whether or not this person you're dating is a person you should 
get engaged to and get married to eventually or not. Um, yeah, and, and what does dating look like? So in this podcast episode, we want to give you a vision and picture of Christian dating and what that looks like when it's healthy and when it's unhealthy and some things to be aware of. A lot of us have probably heard people say we're dating for the purpose of marriage. (laughs) And I think that leaves it kind of vague because I don't think that everyone means the same thing when they say marriage. And so we kind of brainstormed and came up with a definition of marriage as a lifelong commitment to love each other and be for each other between a man and a woman. And this kind of idea where it's a relationship of commitment and also for the betterment of the other person. Yeah. And I think in a Christian relationship for that, for each person to drive the other to be more or to be closer to Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Intrinsically, if you're a Christian and you're for someone else, you're choosing to be for them, you're going to be pushing them and nudging them towards Jesus. So if the, the purpose of dating is for marriage and marriage is looking at a lifelong commitment to be for the other person, let's talk about what it looks like to have a healthy dating relationship. Mm-hmm. So from sky, like eagle eye view, mm-hmm. What does a healthy dating relationship look like? Uh, One of the things that comes to mind for me is that you want to be your authentic self with the person that you're dating because otherwise you're kind of, I want to say, a fraud in the sense of selling something that's not real. And also any love that you receive from that person is not love for you as you truly are. It's a love for the facade that you're putting up. So I think authenticity would be on one of my top recommendations for requirements for a good dating relationship. Mm -hmm. And that, that's really good. I like thing. If, if you're not authentic, then you can't be known. And as we talked about a couple weeks ago, it's the goal of relationships is to know someone and to be known. And if you're putting up a fake self, then you're actually just digging yourself into a hole where you're not getting what you need. Well, and the whole purpose of dating is kind of this vetting process of figuring out, like, who is this person and are we good together? And um, and so if you're not getting a sense of who they really are and you're evaluating that to see if you should spend your lives together, like, that's that's setting yourself up for failure in some ways. Yeah, I know a story of a, a lady who was actually engaged to be married and then she found out um, that her fiancé was addicted to gambling. And it was kind of like, not necessarily the gambling that threw off the relationship, but the lack of authenticity that he never revealed this addiction in his life to her. And that they weren't walking through that together, that he was just keeping that a secret. Yeah. And she felt like she escaped, you know, a almost a terrible sentence of a marriage to a a person who was basically duping her um, because he wasn't being authentic. And that's not to say that you can't have issues Mm -hmm. and um, when you're getting married that you have to be, you know, all cleaned up and perfect. But it is to say that um, when you're inviting someone into that potential relationship, you want to kind of put all your cards on the table and Mm -hmm. say, "Um, this is what you're getting with me. (laughs) And of course there's, 
millions of factors that you, you don't know about the future. So it's not like any guarantees are involved in marriage or dating, but um, at least authenticity can um, kind of clarify. Yeah, and jumping off that, I think another level to that is seeing the other person and letting them see you in a variety of life circumstances and relationships. So I think it's like a great idea to do different activities together, like some of the things that she likes and some of the things that he likes, and do those things together and see how you work together or don't work together. And then also... Like, you want to see the other person in a variety of contexts of relationships. Like, you want to see how they interact with their family, for example, because you may be family one day and you need to know how that person interacts with those closest to them or how they interact with their friends. Um, Like, you're just trying to get a, a full picture of who that person is and to let them have a full picture of who you really are. Yeah, I think community is definitely a mirror for who we are and it kind of fleshes out our authentic selves. And so as like you're doing this kind of vetting process, I think one of the big things to focus on is that while you're vetting to make sure that they're like a authentic person and someone you'd want to spend the rest of your life with, some of it, it goes into like, do you have common interests? Do you, are you compatible with this person? Are there things that just won't work? Mm -hmm. And looking into the future, if you end up breaking up with this person, do you know things that you want to have but do you have like traits that you want the person you date in the future to have or not to have Mm. that you would have trouble with yeah in the future yeah almost like looking at dating as a learning experience like where if you do end up breaking up with someone that's not that's not like a failure because it didn't result in marriage if you're able to learn from it and they're able to learn from it and move forward and like oh like i learned some really valuable things about who i am looking for that i didn't realize before but now i have a more clear picture Um, Another thing I could think of um, as far as a picture of a healthy relationship is appropriate pacing. So when I say be your authentic self, I think sometimes people think that means lay out your entire life story and um, everything on the first date, which isn't what I'm saying, because I think there's a pacing to sharing and a pacing to, um, obviously, a lot of times in Christian relationships, we think about pacing the sexual, physical aspect of the relationship in an appropriate way. But I think that's true um, in other areas as well. Yeah. And so we kind of were talking earlier about like the three zones of a relationship, like the emotional, physical, and spiritual, mm-hmm. and how those like move deeper in a healthy way. So can you kind of explain that idea, Janelle? Yeah. So this actually is something that my dad told me when I was probably in high school or maybe college age. But he was explaining that these different aspects of relationship have different um, possibilities as far as how fast they can advance. So if you think about your intellectual connection with someone, how well you understand how they think, and how, um, how much they know, and their kind of IQ, if you will, and just that, that depth of conversation, um, that's not something that you can fully discover in one day. That you can kind of get impressions right away, but that's something that's gonna kind of unfold over time as your relationship grows in that area. Um, And the same thing with emotional connection, Um, kind of sharing those deep moments and those hurts or the um, kind of growth that has happened in your life. That's something that you can kind of get a surface picture of in a a short time, but really to fully integrate relationally in an emotional way, um, it's going to take a long time. And that's true of friendship. That's true of any relationship that you could be in. 
Um, but then there's that physical kind of sexual side. And it's true that someone could go from never seeing someone, never touching them, to having sex with them in the course of a day, right? That's not something that necessarily has to take a super long time. So when my dad was showing me that, he was basically saying, these are the, the intellectual and emotional areas are areas that you need to invest in and build, whereas that physical sexual side can be kind of a snap thing later. It doesn't need to be invested in in the same way. So kind of similar to where you can jump too fast in the physical side of things. I think you can do the same thing with the emotional side where you can just kind of lay all your cards on the table at the very beginning and over-divulge information and over-divulge your emotional state and all of that because it's unhealthy to start out at a sprinting pace in any of these kind of things, right? And similarly, if you were like in the spiritual sense, if you just went in and were like, you know, if your first question on the first date was, what is, uh, which one of the seven deadly sins do you have the most trouble with? And, you know, which of the fruit of the spirit are you the best at? Or like, like that would be like kind of like too fast, like slow it down. Um, and so any of those you can go too fast, mm-hmm. but I think physical is probably the one that is the most common, yeah. especially like in America right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I would say too, I think both the emotional and the physical, they often link together. And I think the danger of the pacing is that they make your analysis of the situation way more foggy and way more complicated. Like, if the whole purpose of dating is to try and figure out if this is a good person to spend your life with, and you're just going crazy physically and bonding with them emotionally you are going to want the answer to be yes very badly. You know what I mean? And so it actually is not very helpful for like an honest assessment of the situation. Yeah, I was thinking about how back in the day, probably actually in Jesus' day, the marriages were mostly arranged marriages, which we don't have, and I'm, I'm thankful that we don't in our, our day and age in a culture because um, they do exist in the world right now. Um, but... I will say one of the benefits of arranged marriage is that it's really an outcome of community input. It's your parents who know you well, talking to someone else's parents mm-hmm. who know them well, figuring out a relationship. And while we don't, we kind of push against that in our individualist society, there's definitely benefit to that community input. And I would say um, community input is something that you should solicit for your relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like asking trusted mentors and things like that. Like, what do you guys see? Are we a good couple? Things like that. Is yeah, that how can we grow? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I think uh, going kind of off of that is with our our situation in dating in America, we have a lot of only the input of the one person, and oftentimes they don't seek the input of others or take the input of others seriously mm-hmm. when that would be an important thing. But it's like it's really awesome that we get to vet our own relationships because there's a lot of good that can come out of that. Yeah. But just like there's a lot of good potential, there are some like pitfalls that we can step into because of the culture that we're in and we don't even know that we're stepping in them. So like three of the questions that I was thinking about is like, should a Christian date a non-Christian? And should a Christian move in with someone that they're dating or that they're engaged with? Um, and then should a Christian have sex before marriage? And I think looking at it like 70% of couples in America move in together 
before they're even engaged. Mm-hmm. And like you know, the similar statistics go for sex before marriage. So what do you guys think about like how would you answer those questions and how would you bring perspective to them? Yeah, this is actually something that we um, talk a lot about in youth group, um, kind of on a regular basis. We do a series on relationships and dating um, just because it is such a foggy picture for a lot of the youth. They get such mixed messages even from their parents and their parents' stories. And um, I feel like there are some clear principles that we can take from the from the scriptures about dating even though they didn't have dating in the same way that we did mm-hmm. and like applying the wisdom to to the models of what marriage is supposed to be and how to get at that yeah so one of the things i would say just in the answer to the first question of should you date a non-christian is if the purpose of marriage is to you kind of have someone that you're sharing the most intimate parts of your life with for your whole life. And if you're a Christian, then God is at the very center of all of that. And so the issue for me is like, you are setting yourself up to spend your life with someone and you cannot share the most important thing about your life with them. Like, how is that going to work? I feel like a lot of Christians who date like that, their, their hope is that, Mm -hmm that person will change. And I think sometimes that does happen. Like I know some couples where that did happen. The missionary dating mm-hmm. worked out, quote unquote, for them. Um, but I would say there's no way to guarantee that. And um, and you're putting yourself in a very vulnerable position. It's like, it works sometimes, but that doesn't make it a wise decision <laughs> you're right. to do in the first place. Yeah. yeah, there was a lady, an elderly lady actually at my church growing up and she married a non-christian and she was just the sweetest lady she was always serving the church she remained committed to the church even though her husband never changed and she just had a tragic ending to her marriage Um, her husband actually committed suicide and she had never she never saw his heart change and he was a nice guy but um just never shared that passion that she had and the question that i think of when i think of her is what would her like life have looked like if she had said that difficult no as a young woman um, to that relationship that felt so right in the moment, but she knew wasn't right for her? What should you do in, if you're in a relationship where you want to move forward in serving Christ in your relationship with Christ, but the person you're dating is what we call like a Sunday Christian? They're just, you know, they're a Christian, but they don't really have much investment like, what, what should you do in that situation? I mean, the Bible does talk about being equally yoked. So that is actually a farming metaphor. And it relates to putting basically two animals to pull together. And if those animals were actually not well matched, so for instance, if you put a donkey with an ox, that would actually hurt the ox to be yoked to the donkey and it would hurt the donkey to be yoked to the ox. So you're basically ruining your um, agricultural equipment, if you will, and you're killing your animals, um, like making them have issues. So I think it's not just find someone who checks the box Christian on a survey. Um, Mm -hmm. It's really about finding someone who's equally yoked with you um, so that you guys can pull together and your, your life together can be beneficial um both to each other and to the work that you're doing together and i would say i I wouldn't be like oh like they don't look like a strong christian therefore break up right now 
like you could go through a, a period of like, hey, let's slow a relationship down. And one of my concerns is that like following Jesus is really important and central to my life. And I know, I know you say that and you come to church sometimes, but I don't see that in your life. And um, like I, I want this to be something we can be together in and and see that. And then, I mean, give it some time and space and see if they grow that direction. I mean, it's hard because while that's happening, you're probably bonding with them and wanting things to work out more and more. So I think you have to be cautious. But I, I guess what I'm trying to say is, like, people can change um, mm-hmm. and become more passionate. Like... And you would never want to say that as, like, a threat. Like, I'm going to break up with you if you don't get serious about Jesus. <laughs> like, that's not a recipe for a good relationship or, a, yeah, or an authentic, or for them to have an authentic relationship with Jesus. Yeah, I think that's that's a good a good thought. Like, you, it doesn't mean break up right now, but it does mean assess what's going on and kind of see where it's going. And I think yeah. one, of, one of the pitfalls, like, you could fall into in that is, like, thinking like, well, I'm, you know, a semi-serious, like, we're like a, a semi-serious Christian and they're a semi-serious Christian. It's also like, well, you're called to be a serious Christian, yeah. you know? And so you need to get that in order. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think there are other two questions of like, you know, what, uh, should you move in with the person you're dating or should you have sex with the person you're dating? I think the, those for us are kind of just, the answer is no. And um, there's a lot of statistics to back that up. Yeah, one of the stats that I have heard actually quite often reference is that um, those who cohabitate before marriage are 50% more likely to get divorced um, and more likely to have an abusive relationship or to have sexual affairs. So, I mean, the statistical evidence says that this does not help your relationship in the long term. Like, for the average person, this does not improve the health of the relationship long term. It actually statistically says that it gets worse and I think there's actually some clear reasons for that Mm -hmm. again I think like sexual intimacy makes things more confusing if you're trying to figure out if this person is the person you should spend your life with or not like I've heard people talking about accidentally getting married what where people kind of just start hanging out and then you know start flirting start messing around start sleeping together and they're like oh I guess we're sleeping together, so we should just move in together. And then they live together for a couple of years, and like, well, I guess we're living together. I guess we should just get married. And it's like they they never intentionally chose the person. They just ended up together because they started flirting. And one thing led to the next, and they got married. And to me, that's more a tragic story than a beautiful story. You know, it's like that's not the story you want to tell about your relationship of, like, falling in love and it what you would love about this person instead it's like the story of like well we just kind of did what was natural next and now we're married and i think there's the level of or there's a there's truth to the idea that when you do those things before marriage your confidence in that marriage later is a lot less because you it wasn't a a conscious choice on your part and their part it was kind of like well we're kind of just here and then as you go forward, you're like, well, like, do we actually love each other? Or like, are we committed to each other? Cause we didn't like do this on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. I would say to push back from, from like a devil's advocate standpoint, um, what does the Bible actually say about it? Because statistics and potentialities aside, mm-hmm. um, I could easily say that's not true for me. 
Mm-hmm. Like, not me and my boyfriend or whatever. Yeah, that's true. Um, so what does the Bible have to say about sex before marriage? In short, the teaching from Scripture is that sex belongs within that lifelong covenant relationship between a man and a woman. And outside of that, it's hurtful to you and to the other person. And the people often push back of like, oh, yeah, but like we're going to get married. Or we think we're going to get married. And my answer, number one, is like, well, how do you know for sure? Like a lot of people think that and then break up and don't get married. And then number two, like if you're going to get married for sure, well, why not just get married? Like, and if like, well, we're not ready. I well, I'm I'm not sure if I want to marry them. It's like, well, then you should be having sex with them if you're not sure you want to marry them. Yeah, I think another thing that comes to mind for me, and maybe this is just because we have a bunch of little kids, is there is a reproductive reality to sex, and um, we shouldn't just because we do have um, contraceptives doesn't mean that they're always successful. And mm-hmm. you're whenever you come together, there's a possibility that you could produce a child from that. So I just want to say there's their whole life in the balance too and their yeah. story of who are your parents and um, what is their relationship like. The final thing I'll say about this is that like, if you are going to get married to them, and my question would be like, what's the rush? Like, If you are going to spend your lifetime with this person, it's not that long to wait a year or two to begin to experience this sexual intimacy with them. And, um, yeah, like, you're going to have your whole lifetime to have sex together (laughs) if you get married. Like, so kind of taking the pressure off and, like, this, I have to do it now. It's like, why? It's like, (laughs) it's going to be okay. You're going to be okay. Because it feels good. That's why. Well, I think the other thing is, like, if you're, let's say you do get married, 20 years down the line, you're not going to want to look back and go, yeah, we, we had sex before we got married. It'd be, it'll be more, it'll be something you look back on fondly to have waited yeah. and to have created that foundation without sex beforehand. Yeah, and I mean, it's just proven scientifically that sex clouds your judgment and makes you bond to the person yeah. and you are less likely to see them objectively, which is exactly what you want to be doing when you are dating someone to see if you want to marry them. It's a pretty big decision and you want all of your mental faculties engaged (laughs) yeah Yeah, like depression has been linked to sleeping around because your mind is literally forming bonds with every person you sleep with whether you want to or not it happens chemically and then when you sleep with another person your mind is actually confused and it uh, creates actually emotional turmoil and like a chemical imbalance in your body (laughs) so when we talk about all of the damage that can be caused by sexual bonding with other partners. We just want to put the word out there that God is a restorer and he loves you no matter what you've done and no matter um, how many partners you've had. Um, And I know a lot of people also have sexual baggage that was not their choice. And so just wanted to put that out there. God is a a restorer. He's a healer and he can um, bring beauty out of your story no matter what it is. Yeah, so um, some of the things we've talked about are kind of like, what does a healthy relationship look like, right? And then we've also talked a little bit about an unhealthy relationship and kind of like moving too fast or kind of getting your, like the physical and the emotional and the spiritual, like out of balance. So what are some just like clear cut signs of unhealth in a relationship? So the first 
thing I think of when you say an unhealthy relationship is a relationship I witnessed when I was in college. It was um, a couple, they were so obsessed with each other that you could literally be a few feet away from them and they'd be gazing into each other's eyes and stroking each other's faces like as if you were, you know, jumping in on their date, but it wasn't a date. They were just hanging out in, in someone else's room or something. So I, I just, I want to say that like super obsessive kind of inward turn um, to a relationship that's all about the relationship and there's nothing else going on in their, in their world. And I think like, kind of similar to that is like a relationship that is all romance and no friendship mm. is not going to be a long lasting relationship because like romance isn't always easy and it's not going to get you through the troubled times that are inevitably going to show up. You're going to have to have something deeper and like a foundation on which to build. Yeah. I mean like the cliche is like friends first, like be friends first before you get married. And sometimes that doesn't work with just life circumstances where you actually start dating someone or you meet them online. And so you're actually dating to get to know them and become friends in a way. Um, so if you can't be friends first for whatever reason, I think still like you should view that dating period as a time to vet them and figure out if you work together, but also to deepen that friendship. So I go back and listen to what we talked about, about friendship and like you're seeking to build all of those things. And if those, basically those attributes of basic friendship are there, aren't there, that's a warning sign. And so what are the signs that you should get out of a relationship? I think one big sign for me would be if they are pushing against boundaries that you have set, that shows a lack of maturity and a respect for your person. So if you have set a boundary on anything and they are not respecting that boundary in your life, I would say that's a big warning sign. Especially because like what marriage is, is a commitment to be with them and for them. And so if in the dating relationship, when you're kind of in this honeymoon period, they're not being for you by choosing to go against your boundaries. Like, I think that's a yeah big warning, warning sign. I would agree. And then I would say, um, like we said before with the community thing, I think if people around you are giving you bad vibes about the relationship, I would say, listen to them and not to say that their word is law in your relationship, but it takes a lot for someone to bring up a big conflict like that. And so there's something that they're seeing that you are maybe being in denial about. So just be, mm -hmm. be open-eared to comments from friends. I remember when we were dating, um, Luke's roommates were concerned at one point because you were spending so much time with me and mm -hmm. not enough time with, with them. them anymore yeah. and you listen to that and we adjusted some of our <laughs> our times together so that you could have some roommate time and, and hang out with your guys too yeah. um, so not necessarily like oh someone had a bad comment so cut it off but um, but just be responsive to people um, people bringing up anything that comes across as conflict to you and I think if you like going on that like if you have friends that you trust and that are deep friendships and they really don't get along with the person you're dating, then you can probably tell you either have a problem with the person you're dating or the friendships that you have, mm -hmm. right? Like, there's, 
if you have groups of like a group of people that care about you a lot and that you have a deep relationship with and they are anim like there's animosity between them and the other person, then something's gone wrong. Yeah, it just reminds me of that pop song. My mama don't like you and she likes everyone, <laughs> which is not a great song, but it's, it is, it shows that dynamic of, you know, be aware when people who love you are not, um, not fans of the relationship that you're pursuing. Mm-hmm. What is like the, a word of advice that you would give to people in relationships before we kind of wrap it up? The biggest one I would give is to take the pressure off dating um, when I was dating, I just had this, a lot of pressure I put on myself or maybe culture or family put on me of like, is this person the one? Is this person the one? Is this person the one? Are you going to marry them? And it kind of took the joy out of dating a little bit and also like made it a really stressful experience. And, uh, which was ironically, I was so concerned about like figuring out if this was the person I'm supposed to marry that it made it more difficult to figure out the answer to that question because ideally like you're just doing stuff together you know like hanging out with friends and doing the things you like to do hobbies that they like and you like together and serving together and serving together and like those are the things you should be doing to figure that out but I was just I think overthinking it in my head too much and so I think dating is actually a time to, in some ways, like, take the pressure off. Not to just be like, just date for fun. Like, you should be dating to figure out if this is the right person for you. But to not, like, have that question at the forefront all the time. It's like every every conversation doesn't have to be, are we right for each other? Yeah, exactly. Part 30. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I would say um, pray about it. It sounds cliche, but I would say bring conversation to God about it and be ready to let it go. I want to say like, Mm -hmm. I think dating is an open-handed relationship by nature. You're not married, you're dating. So you need to hold that relationship with an open hand and say, God, thank you for this time right now. And if you don't want this from me, please take it away from me because I want what you want. And I think that's hard to do when you're in the moment and you're infatuated with the person who likes you back or whatever but I would say that would be that open-handedness and um kind of just an openness to God sounds kind of like audacious prayer about relationships (laughs) it might be kind of a thing for me (laughs) Uh, I think my biggest one would be not to find your sense of self-worth in the other person and that goes in marriage too right your self-worth is in who you are in Christ and who you're made to be and your relationship has different purposes than for your self-worth. Cool. So uh, resources for today, we have um, Andy Stanley's book, The New Rules for Love, Sex, and Dating, though they may not be that new. (laughs) And um, I just, I really appreciate a lot of the stuff on the Focus on the Family website. And we're going to link to a few different articles from them in the show notes as well. So closing application question and this time we get to have three different questions because there's different people um so if you're single what kind of person do you want to date what does that person look like uh not physically not physically yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) um um, 
but maybe partly visit. <laughs> um, so, and if you're currently in a relationship, like what is one way you can make your relationship healthier and like assess your relationship? Are you vetting this person well? And then finally, like if you're either single and not interested in a relationship or if you're married, um, how can you support someone in a dating relationship and come alongside of them and support them in that? We have lots of opportunities to um, talk to people in dating relationships because we work with students. Um, so yeah, I think for me, um, I work with mostly middle schoolers, so they're most, most of my girls aren't dating. Um, but I just want to build them up in their personal identity and um, let them know that they are <laughs> they are beautiful and whole and um, yeah precious and that they should be you know I think that that just loving on people makes them mm -hmm. kind of raise their respect for themselves and that's what I want for my middle school girls is that they have enough respect for themselves that when something is unhealthy in a relationship that 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 kind of is glaring for them and like a this isn't right, this isn't how I'm supposed to be treated. Yeah, in a similar vein, when I see students in a relationship, and especially when I see them doing the same thing that I did myself, which is find my identity or self-worth in girls, like I can kind of see it, you can see what's driving the relationship a little bit. And it's like my heart goes out to them because that's who I was in middle school and high school. So I try and lovingly call that out and share some of my own story, my own regrets, from pursuing relationships with that drive and how it just doesn't work well. So out of love, kind of confronting them um, because I want something better for them. Yeah, definitely. So I'm obviously not married. So um, yeah, so I was asked this question uh, the other day by one of uh, my friends. And I, mean, I came to the conclusion of, I want to find someone who's actively serving in the church and who is an engaging person to speak with and to do things with so and kind of like shares some of the same hobbies but also is willing to push me intellectually and like in thought-provoking ways so i'd like to pray over you as you finish up listening to this podcast and kind of cast a vision for um, great dating for you oh god i pray for all those listening especially those who are in dating relationships now or would like to engage in a dating relationship in the future um, I ask God that you would um, bless them, that you would help them find their identity and self-worth in you first, and you primarily, um, that you would help them to date well, that you would help them to um, date with eyes wide open, and um, that you would help them learn from those dating experiences um, more how you wired them and what kind of person that they should be on the lookout for, that they can serve and be a good person to spend their lives with. Um, pray that you um, help them watch out and be on guard against these pitfalls we've talked about, and that you would bless this kind of messy, crazy process of the dating is. Thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen.